and thank you for your faithfulness tonight. Go with me to Joshua chapter 7 tonight, the book of Joshua uh, chapter 7 tonight. We're going to go there in the Word of God. I'm not going to preach too long tonight, I hope. But as we go there, beloved, I want to uh, take a jab at a sermon that I have preached uh, along these lines in the past. But I really believe that tonight, the, the, the very inc inclined to what I'm about to say will change in terms of all that we are going through and dealing with today. And so in this book, you would be, you would be aware and familiar with the fact that we are going to read the story of a battle that transpired in Israel known as the battle at Ai. And also, besides the fact, this was the story of Achan and his men. And as we begin to look at Joshua in this chapter, I was reading a story uh, probably a month or two months ago, and I thought about September 11th. And very fascinatingly, as you begin to consider the situation that transpired on the 11th of September 2001 when the terrorist attack hit the Twin Towers in New York. There were many frontliners that began to go out and what happened is they were required on site to make sure that they would clear the debris, they would deal with, the, with ground zero and all that was going on in that, in that, in that time. But what was saddening is that recently I heard about a man who had died. And what they call this condition in which he died of, he died out of, of, of due to cancer, but they have, a, they have a term for it. They call it the 9-11 illness. And what the 9-11 illness is, is that because of the amount of debris and the dust particles that they had to inhale in order to save people's lives, this cancer did not develop immediately, but for some, 18 years later. And I want to think with you for a few moments, because it's very saddening. I was reading the story of a family three children, a father who was a fireman and he is a cook in the fire station. But because he had to be at ground zero, he inhaled all of this dust in that time. 18 years later, he dies due to the toxic exposure. And until today, I like to call, we're dealing with the after effects. You know, many a times we don't realize, we look at COVID and we say, oh, you know, it's, it's one thing. We look at vaccines and we say there's side effects. Uh, can I say to you, beloved, no amount of vitamin C, no amount of herbal tea, no amount of uh, 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 medication is going to ever help you with an after effect. I have spoken to enough people who have been diagnosed with COVID and after they come out, it, they don't recover and they don't come back to normal. They're just tiredness. There's all kinds of after effects that they are battling with. And I want to talk to you tonight. We're going to pray at the end of the service. But I want to talk to you for a few moments about after 
affects. Because I am convinced, beloved, that there are Christians that are doing things they are doing today and they will see the consequences of their action maybe 15 years down the road. And I want to preach to you, Joshua chapter 7. One of the realities we have to establish here is Christians today have soberingly very little knowledge. Or can we say to no knowledge at all concerning the accursed? There are things that are accursed. There are things that we must understand and realize that are not of God and not from God. And when you open doors into your lives for those areas, the enemy steps in and he takes dominion. Sadly, many times, access is granted so easily. You heard me uh, speak to you about Jesus in the past. I told you that here's Judas. The Bible says that Satan couldn't enter Jesus. But who could he enter? Judas, right? And Judas was in Jesus' circle of disciples. You see, Satan couldn't enter Jesus, but he could enter Judas. Now, Satan couldn't enter Job, but guess who he could enter? His wife. The Bible says he entered Job's wife, and what did Job's wife come to him and say? Curse God and die. And so the reality, beloved, is oftentimes we don't see life that way. We assume that, oh, I'm a strong Christian. I am able to overcome and withstand any form of assault and attack of the Christian. But can I tell you tonight, there are people who the enemy will strategically position in your life who will try to get access and give Satan an avenue into your life. This is why what you listen to and who you join and what you are part of have to be cautiously considered because the moment you give someone influence, what happens? They have access into your life and if they carry a curse, the curse becomes available and accessed into you. This is the problem with sin. This is what happened with Adam and Eve. What happened in the garden? Satan couldn't enter Eve. Amen. Right? Let, 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 let's, let's be real tonight. He couldn't enter Eve. Satan didn't just come to Eve and say, Oh, hello, I'm Satan here. You know, no. But Satan, who did Satan enter? The serpent. And it was through the serpent that he entered Eve. This is why I've always said, Who you have company with. can become an avenue for Satan to gain access. So let's talk about this for a few moments. Out of Joshua chapter 7 and verses 19 through 23. Joshua chapter 7, 19 through 23. Now Joshua said to Achan, my son. Notice the word Joshua is using in this way. There's so much of grace. My son. He's appealing to him. I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him. And tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And this is what I have done. When I saw the spoils, a beautiful Babylonian garment, 
200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels. I coveted them and took them. And there they are, hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent and there it was hidden in his tent with the silver under it. Verses 23, and they took them from the midst of the tent, brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. So what our passage is revealing to us is the essence of what I preached this morning. That the only way a person can change is through being confronted or challenged. That is why in an environment such as this, I said this morning, the soil is important. We don't want to have a culture that is stubborn in the church. Eventually, I've always told people this, you either make it or you break it. You either change or you refuse to change and you will eventually Run far from here. Why? Because the truth is you either make it or break it. You cannot reside in a culture with a stubborn heart when the environment is good soil. When people are responding, when people... So the soil is important, as I said this morning. So here we find Achan being confronted by, uh, uh, by Joshua. And Achan begins to come forward and he says, You know what? Yes, I've done wrong. And he brings that forward. The question tonight is, will we admit? Will we confess? See, confrontation is always necessary for victory. When you cannot be confronted, when you get offended, upset, when you're confronted, you'll never experience maturity and victory. Because the key to everyone who grows is challenge. When you go to the gym to work out, when you exercise, when you challenge your muscles, your muscles grow. When you lift weights that you know it's heavier than how much you can manage, it is in that lifting that you challenge yourself. You may become tired, you may, become, uh, you may lose your, your, your strength, but essentially it's building muscles. So the battle of AI, as we see in our passage, became an eye-opener to Joshua that something was wrong. I want you to catch that with me, okay? Why am I saying that? Because many times in life, you have to look at areas of your life. So for Joshua, it was the battle of AI. For some people who are here, it could be finances. It could be your job. It could be your children. It could be your marriage. It could be health. That you seem to be defeated in those areas. Are you following me tonight? So for Joshua, it is the battle of Ai. So it became an eye-opener to Joshua. Read with me in Joshua 7, 4 through 6. So about 3,000 men went up from there, the people, but they fled before the men of Ai, and the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted, became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes 
fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. Now, it, it doesn't make sense. I, I want you to catch this right here. The people of Israel outnumbered the people of Ai. Who should win this battle? The people of Israel. There is no reason to believe that the people of Ai or the people of that, that the, the, the uh, um, uh, I believe it's the Amalekites or rather the, um, uh, I'm trying to, 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 to. Someone help me. What, what, were these the people of the Amalekites or um, but whoever the opponent, the opposition was, you must realize that they were outnumbered. The children of Israel outnumbered them. They didn't, there is no reason, beloved, to believe that in any way the enemy could have defeated Joshua and his army. No sense in that. Why? Because they outnumbered the enemy. And for the children of Israel, as they were in this battle, they knew that they were severely defeated. Realize here in this passage, the Bible says they were struck down on the descent and the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Listen, when your Christian life starts looking like that, when there seemed to be no victory, you are a child of God. You cannot be living in fear because of COVID. Oh, you pastor, you're, you're stirring trouble. Yes, I am. Because I'm confident that this is where God draws the line. You've got to make up your mind. How long do you want to stay at home and not be in church? One more year? When Delta variant dies off and another variant comes out? <laughs> Beloved, let's face it. This is not ending. It's an endemic. It's here to stay. You got to rise up above the fear, the doubt, and the anxiety and say, I trust God to protect me. Hey, if I need to die, I need to die because God says time is up. When we opened the doors, we didn't wait. My children came to church. We come in for morning prayer for the past two and a half months. My children know children stay at home. You know why I do that? I'll tell you why. You may call me stupid, but I'll tell you why I do that. Because when my children get to the age of 15, when they get to the age of 20, they'll say, mom and dad, no matter what, they were in church. It's a spirit. But the moment I make an excuse, and this is exactly what we're seeing here, beloved, the outcome is an eye-opener. Why are we losing why am I not seeing breakthrough? Why am I not experiencing the favor of God? I've heard so many testimonies, so many sermons that I should be seeing breakthrough in the realm of finances. I should be seeing breakthrough in the realm of my job. I should be seeing breakthrough in my marriage and in my family. But I'm not seeing that something is wrong. The battle of AI. The enemy is playing against you. And how many Christians don't even see that? They go on blaming God. It's God's fault. 
I don't know why my life is like this. I don't know how to break away from this. Can I tell you, beloved, the only thing the devil is threatened by is when a Christian gets into his car and drives and comes to church and starts praying like a Christian. That's when the devil is afraid of. Devil is not afraid of you sitting at home and watching YouTube and then browsing one after the other, after the other, after. He's not afraid of that. The defeats in our lives reveal to us something is wrong in our lives. As a Christian, you ought to be seeing victory. Amen. As a Christian, you ought to be seeing doors that God is opening. Even in the greatest... Remember, beloved, the children of Israel were in the desert. Am I right? It's dry. But guess what? God showed them what? Miracles. Miracles are a telltale that you are in the will of God. When you start seeing water come out, water come out from the rock... When you start seeing bread from, from, fall from heaven, when you start seeing that God is moving in the miraculous, then you know, you know what? Even though the desert years are here, even though things are not going very well, can we bring it where the rubber meets the road? To, even though COVID is around, I don't have to be defeated. This is what the Bible is showing us. So Joshua picked this up. He realized that we need to deal with this because the truth be told, he understood we cannot tolerate sin and unrighteousness. I'm going to give you a few scriptures, beloved. Zechariah 13 verses 7, the Bible says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is my companion, says the Lord. Of hosts, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Then I will turn my hand against the little ones. When the church is no longer praying for you, when you don't belong to a congregation that fights and prays in the spiritual realm for you, you invite the enemy's assault against your life. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Amen. That's the real, that's why the enemy attacks. That's why the enemy aims. Because he understands if I, can, if, if I can affect one person, I can affect the entire lot. But I'll tell you what happens. When the man of God, when the shepherd prays, in material of what people do, God will still give victory. Psalms 133 verses 2, look at the Bible, the Bible says, It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garment. For Samuel 16, 12 to 13, so he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. From that day forward, so Samuel arose and went to Ramah. So what we find here is the principle of flow. That God's victory hinges on this basis. That as you will experience the breakthrough, it is important that you realize who you are associated with. This is a principle of life.
one kingdom to another kingdom, you realize that there were kings in the Bible. And the Bible would say that one king gave the position over to his son and when the father did what was right, the son took over, the son continued to do what was right. And what does the Bible, in, in, you know, uh, uh, inevitably the Bible will always say this, that and the, and, and, and the Lord was with them. Why? Because what God wants is righteous men and righteous women. So let's talk then, secondly, because what we must see here is that the spirit that exists can become a determining factor of victory or defeat. Achan carried not only the physical items that he hid away in the tent. This was not about just the gold that he had with him. It wasn't just about what possession he was holding on to. But beloved, I say to you, it was a spirit that was at work. A spirit that was at work that no one would have suspected. That's what you heard as Pastor Greg Mitchell so aptly ministered on Tuesday. He said, when you shoot the arrow, oh, but pastor, I give. Oh, but pastor, I'm praying. Oh, I'm here in church. It's not so much about your presence. It is about your spirit that also matters. What's the point if you're present but your spirit isn't here? What's the point if you're here, but you're not doing the best? As I told you on Tuesday night, that Abel's offering pleased God. But Cain's offering offended God. There are Christians in church, beloved, and that's the truth. God is looking for an Abel. God is looking for a man or a woman that has a right spirit who will say, you know what, I'm doing this because I understand we need victory. The Bible tells us that when Achan saw the spoils, the Bible says, he said, when I saw in verses 21, Isaac, go ahead and put that up. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a veg of gold, weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. And there they are, hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver. And what, what does he say? When I saw it. You, you know what the spirit that, that exists in, in, that, in that seeing? It was a spirit of covetousness. This is the essence of the many things that people do today. You hear of all that people say, oh, we want to help the poor. Or we want to do this for them. We want to do... You know, I, I read a quote very recently. If you cannot even help your neighbor, why are you talking about helping the whole world? If you cannot even help one person, then what are we talking about helping 10,000 people? It doesn't make sense. It was a spirit that was behind it. What do people really want? They want what you have. 
It's a spirit of covetousness. It's a spirit of greed. This was true with Gehazi, wasn't it? When Gehazi was in, 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 in the Bible, the Bible says when, when, uh, King, when, when Elisha and King Naaman was present, he had leprosy on his body. When Naaman left, Gehazi ran after Elisha and, 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 and Naaman wanted to give him a gift. But, but here we find that, you know, Gehazi was Elisha's servant and he ran after Ge- uh, Naaman. And he says, you know, give me, give me the goods. Give me the goods. I want it. It was a spirit of greed. It sounded so right. It sounded so good. It sounded so acceptable. Oh, the man of God needs it. Oh, the man of God who helped me and has healed me and has done a work in my life. That man deserves it. You know what? Gaze, I take it. Have it. Go. But it was a spirit. And you know what name? You, you know what King? Uh, you know what Elisha did? Beloved, you know the story. Elisha, the moment Gehazi returned, he said, where did you go? What did Gehazi do? Or what did Elisha do? He confronted Gehazi. Because he understood if this spirit is present, it will affect the entire. And so one of the realities we have to establish here is the enemy used Achan's spirit. I'm sure the enemy would have, like the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, he walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he would have looked over the camp. And he would have seen, oh, who's the vulnerable one I can use? Who has their God? Can I tell you, that's what, God, that's what Satan does when, he, when we come for service. God wants to give you victory. But you know what Satan does? He says, let me look around. Hmm. Who's here today not focused? Who's here today that's not attentive? Who's here today and not worshipping God enough? Let me just throw a little bit of doubt. Let me throw a little bit of fear. Let me, let me get someone to send them a text message. That will disturb them. That will bug them. And guess what? The whole church will have no victory. Are you getting what I'm saying tonight? This is how Satan works. That's why we have to pray before every service. That's why it's so important we're not diverted and distracted with what people are doing and what people are saying. We stay focused because we understand that the enemy aims to attack the church. And if he can get your spirit to be present in a different place, but physically here, he's got you. Let me tell you, beloved, I have been praying, I've been laying hold of God, and I told my wife this week, because of how much of work we've been involved in in the past two weeks, I told her, I said, I'm so tormented in my mind, I cannot seem to stay focused in prayer. I'm trying to get in dominion. I'm fighting the devil. But my mind is just running this thing, that thing, this, that, this, that, this, that. And the guy that we are are working along with, uh, he calls you like 10 times a day. So much so I had to tell him on Friday. I said, listen, don't disturb me today. I've I've got to focus on my... 
on the things of God. I've got to focus on sermon. I've got work to do. Because it's a distraction. See, that's what the devil wants to do. Numb you. You know why China made the emphasis to two things? <laughs> I love China for this. They want to remove sissy men from the TV. Yeah. Yeah, did you read that? Men need to be men. Go read it up. I'm not saying this. This is President Z saying it. So go get upset with him. Don't get upset with me. I'm just conveying the message. They, so they decided when you have, you know, this little young boy, makeup and long hair. They want to get rid of them. They say no more on TV. No more for them. We're not allowing them to be on it. Because it's setting a bad precedence for others. Yeah. Number two. If you're below the age of 18, you can only pray three hours a week. One hour on Friday night, one hour on Saturday night, one hour on Sunday night. Did, did you know this? <laughs> he set the precedence. And, and you know what's the reason? The very reason I have always been saying, but who, who said, you only pastor, wow, no one should listen to you. But you know the truth is, you know what they say? The exact same. Because they are the future of our generation and it numbs the brain and if they cannot think we will have no thinkers in the future but you see parents let their children play games today like nobody's business parents let kids sit in front of the computer you know your kids are their brains are developing you have to realize that Right? When something is developing and you set a barrier on it, it will never grow beyond. Plants are the same. You, you, put, a, you put some plants there and then you put a, a wood piece in there. It, it will just stop growing. Your brains are constantly growing. That's why people are no, no longer thinkers today. That's why people no longer think. That's why when I'm writing my sermon data, and most of you know, I put my phone on do not disturb. Don't disturb. That's why we have other men who can answer when I'm caught up trying to work on myself because I understand what it does. Are you with me? So the Satan will use any type of avenue to defeat you. Which is exactly what happened in the story. Gullible Christians will fall trap. They have this assumption that no curse can affect me. And so they allow the enemy, the enemy begins to groom, the enemy begins to condition, and then they let their guard down. Achan was also an Israelite, but he fell because of the lust of his eyes. And I'm convinced right here, beloved, Achan started well. He wasn't an evil man. Solomon was a man of wisdom. We were talking about it, Brother Victor and myself, a few months ago. What kind of a sane man would have 700 wives? Buta or what? I cannot process that. I mean, that's a curse. That's a curse. Are you with me? It's like, this is not normal. But for some people, they have normalized the abnormal. 
This is not normal, but now they say, oh, this is normal now. This is the culture of the day. 700 wives is a culture. <laughs> What's wrong? So do you get it tonight? Right here, you have to start problemizing the normal eyes. This is not normal. It's not normal. This is the children of Israel. We are called to have victory. We are called to have dominion. We are called to win battles. We are called to win the war eventually. We are supposed to be seeing victory upon victory upon victory. We are supposed to see miracles upon miracles. Even in the desert years of COVID, we should be seeing some type of miracle. But if we're not, that's where Joshua says, Something is wrong here. It's not normal. It cannot be. We are more people. We are the children of God. We are His promised children. How can it be that as children of God, we have no victory? Something is wrong. Something has happened. And that's the question tonight. Will you? You have all these self-test kits today. Will you self-test yourself? And say, no, 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 why haven't I seen a breakthrough? Why can't I sleep at night? Why am I tormented? Why is my prayer life in turmoil? What will you confront tonight? Listen, beloved, you can't go on blaming your situation for the defeat. Oh, my life, you don't know, you know, my history, my father, my grandfather, my uncle, my auntie, you know, they all were like this, and so we all are like this, Onila. Yeah, we got no victory like that, Onila. How long do you want to live like that? Will you fight for your victory tonight? Will you start demanding tonight to say, God, God, I want to see breakthrough. You heard my testimony. I don't even want to. Sometimes I'm, I'm so drained out of, of just, you know, I tell my wife, I told Siva the other day, I tell someone, I said, I'm so tired. I don't want to just keep sharing. I want other people to give me testimonies. But I have seen God move in this time in our life. I've seen God move so supernaturally. I saw the impossible become possible. I realized, God, I don't deserve this. This is not in the time of COVID when people are struggling, when things are going the way it is. But God, you will still do this for us. God, you are a miracle-working God. Because the, the reality is, it's not the economy that's going to provide for you. It's not the people who's going to provide. You know what the Bible says? You want to know what? It's a very simple passage. My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. Amen. I don't care who the government is. If God wants to give you money supernaturally in your wallet tonight, He will. I've seen it. If God wants to cause, the other day I, I checked my bank account and I was like, whoa, who put $2,000 in there? 
share seems no let me tell you the whole story so i just had given you know i just had you know my wife and i you know we 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 I, you know our story i'm not going to go into it and tell you we we gave it all we through and that sunday we did or sat, that week we did it i cannot remember exact day but the very next day or few days after that sunday i went into my account Whoa, 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 $2,000. Who put that? To? And the number wasn't even round. It was $2,035. So I called my mom up. I said, God did a miracle. <laughs> and then I went, I went, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to withdraw all the money. I'm going to just shut the account off. I told my wife, and, and you know, we said, no, let's, let's just be Christians. <laughs> so I called Public Bank up the next day. I said, look. Why would public bank ever make a mistake, isn't it? We will make all the mistakes, not them. So after that, I called up. I said, hey, you know, there's, there's this money in the... Hold on, I said, there's a refund from somewhere. <laughs> so I went and checked. Then they went, they called me back about 10 minutes later. They said, oh, you know, that $2,000 was actually a payment done to the credit card. But the credit card rejected the payment because now they changed some policy principle, supplementary policy, long story short. So they said the payment was made. So because the, the card company rejected, the money went back into your account. I said, darn it. <laughs> I thought that was a miracle. <laughs> no, but we've seen. That's, that's just, I know we laugh about that, but I'm telling you, beloved, God wants to give us victory. It was after that moment I began to see God moving in our lives. One week after that, two weeks after that, all of a sudden, God started causing things to just fall in place. Favor. I told you stories in the midst of all this. God has been... So the question is, my God can supply. But let me ask you, is He your God? Are you going to remain defeated? Or are you going to cry out for a miracle tonight? This is not normal. It shouldn't happen. This is not normal. My, 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 my people shouldn't be defeated. And, and Joshua saw that. Joshua went to the root of it. He said, I need to confront this. Will you go back home and pray about things and say, God, what is in my home that is blocking the blessing of God? It could even be as simple as your refusal to give God what He's been challenging you to do. You've been holding back. So the challenge tonight is this. Proverbs 3 verses 7 as we close, beloved. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. Romans chapter 12, verses 3, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Listen, beloved. Walk in godly fear tonight. God, does this please you? Does this, abuse, does this violate the temple of the Holy Spirit? You know that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says you were bought at a price. Read 2 Corinthians chapter 6. You were bought at a price. You don't belong to yourself. God owns you. What have you allowed into this vessel that is hindering the victories that God wants to give you? 
what kind of spoils or gold you are holding on to in your opinion that is more precious than obeying God. Look at 1 Corinthians 5.11 and I close with this, beloved. I'm done. The Bible says, Now I've returned to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother. The word brother used in that text speaks of another believer. You can go up and look up at it. Uh, the, the, the word brother reflects or refers to a spiritual uh, brotherhood. And in this passage, it says, You shall not keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral, committing adultery, watching pornography. You know what is so sickening and saddening today? 90% of Christians watch pornography. What's wrong? What's wrong with the world, church? Do we not fear God anymore? We have no reverence for our husbands or our wives anymore. It's so foreign covetous, greed, idolater. Remember I spoke about stubbornness. What is stubbornness this morning? Idolatry. Don't keep company with a Christian who is stubborn. Stubbornness is idolatry. A reviler, rebellion, a drunkard, or an extortioner. Not even to eat with such a person. Wow, Paul, that's tough. But why does he say that? Because when you're clean, you can have victory. To the pure, all things are pure. Amen. To the pure, all things are pure. God works through a vessel that has been cleansed. But when you violate this vessel, when you allow things and you listen to things, please, I'm challenging you tonight. You have to wake up, beloved. You cannot dabble with things of the world and expect breakthrough. Take a glance on your life tonight. Take a litmus test and ask yourself, when was the last I saw a miracle of God? Don't give me, oh, I woke up in the morning, it's a miracle. I know that. Or, you know, I, I have, you know, this or I have that. I can walk, I can talk and, you know, that's a... Thank God for that. Those are all the miracles God has done for us. But when was the last you saw a unique encounter and experience uh, in the desert provision of God type of miracle? That's what I'm pushing your buttons with tonight. When was the last you saw that? Is it covetousness that's stopping it? Is it greed that is stopping it? Is it your rebellion that's stopping it? Is it that your stubbornness has taken such a, such a toll in your life that God is wanting to do such a miraculous thing in you, but He just can't do it because your vessel isn't clean? Let's come to the altar tonight and let's come before God and say, God, cleanse me tonight. I want to be a vessel of victory. I want you to bow your heads with me.
as we begin to close off tonight's service. I thank you for coming and being in the house of God. But we need to do business tonight. When a curse is released into your life, 